Hey, welcome to Access. John here. If you haven't already, be sure to download the free FBC Rungi Church app on iTunes or Google Play for sermons, announcements, and important updates regarding the church. Have you ever wondered if you could actually follow Christ because of what you've done and where you've been? This is the final part in a six-part series called Follow Me, where we're going to be talking about how Jesus always meets us where we are and wants to lead us to a closer relationship with Him. This message is entitled, Rewind. Do you ever wish that life came with a rewind button? Sometimes I daydream about what things would have been like if I could go back and just pastor our church knowing the things that I know now from the beginning. Um, I would make a lot of different decisions. And um, the truth is, is that I made a lot of decisions just purely out of ignorance. Um, I, I didn't know necessarily what I was doing and what direction we should go. And knowing what I know now, I would do things differently. But, you know, those decisions that I make out of ignorance aren't the ones that keep me up at night because, you know, everybody's ignorant from time to time. It's okay to be ignorant. It's not okay to stay ignorant, obviously, but, you know, sometimes you just don't know, and that's okay. But what about the decisions that you and I can make um, that are based out of foolishness? Um, We look back and we think, man, what was I thinking? How could I have been so foolish? Like, I knew better, but for some reason I trusted my heart or I trusted myself or I trusted somebody else and we went this direction and I know, I knew then we shouldn't have. Those are the decisions and those are the choices that um, I think that each and every one of us really wish that life came with a rewind button. Um, my wife and I, have, as I've said several times, we're studying the book of Proverbs and the book of Proverbs is an incredible book. Because if there's one thing that Proverbs shows us, it's that there is no rewind button. You know, Solomon's explaining to his son, listen, if you, if you do this, it's foolish, and, and, and you can't go back and change it. There is no such thing as a time machine that you can jump back in time and, and, and change the past. Um, when you make a decision, that decision is final, and it will follow you around for the rest of your life. Consequence, you know, the, the things are going to happen. You reap what you sow, and, and there's no rewind. And that can be kind of scary because, you know, we, we, we don't want to make a bad decision. We don't want to make foolish decisions. We don't want to live with consequences that, that are just unbearable. And I think that's why it's so important to study the book of Proverbs and understand where he's coming from and, and understand what he's saying. Uh, in fact, in, in the book of Proverbs chapter 2, um, he, he basically explains that you have to pursue wisdom to get wisdom. If you don't actively pursue wisdom, you will not get wisdom. In fact, you will make foolish decisions if you just act like you can coast. He says in Proverbs chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, he says, but if you seek after her, meaning wisdom, if you seek after wisdom as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and you will discover the knowledge of God. We talked about last week about how God knows everything, that God knows every decision that we could make and every outcome. And so he leads us in the path of wisdom. He leads us in the path, uh, the Holy Spirit leads us to wisdom so that we can make wise choices because God sees out, uh, he, he oversees every outcome and he leads us to the the one is for our benefit and the one that is for our gain. Uh, Romans 8.28 says, uh, For we know that all things work for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Those are the directions. God is working for our good and he's leading us in that direction. But it's only those who seek wisdom that will make wise choices. 
And we, um, we have to see that we have to seek wisdom um, and that foolishness is going to happen if we don't seek the Lord. But let's just be honest with each other. We don't always seek God, right? We don't always seek the Lord. We don't always do what God is wanting us to do. And, and sometimes we make very, very foolish decisions. And we wish that we could go back and just rewind. But the reality is, as we talked about, is that just can't happen. That's not going to happen. We're not going to be able to go back and rewind. And so it's why it's so extremely important that we make wise choices. But what about if we've already made our choice and it wasn't wise at all? You know, I have a recurring dream, a recurring nightmare, I should say. Every couple of months I, I have this nightmare and I wake up. And, um, it, it, you know, a lot of people, sometimes they, they, they dream about being naked and in front of a lot of people, and that's a nightmare for them. You know, uh, being in a snake pit, or you know, being uh, uh, being f- falling from a high distance, and you know, hitting the ground like that's that's their worst fear. I have a recurring nightmare where I I'm dreaming that I I'm back in my lifestyle of sin, living for myself, like God never came to me, or God did come to me, and I decided to turn away from any anyway, and and I'm living for myself and. And sometimes, I just have to say, it just feels good to wake up and realize it was all a nightmare. Like, oh, thank you, Lord, I did not make that foolish decision. But what about whenever you can't wake up? What about when the decision that you made you had to live with, the foolish things that you've done, you can't erase. You can't rewind. It's not a nightmare, it's reality. I think in those times, it really causes us to question whether we can actually truly follow Christ or not. And if there's one thing I want to show you today, is that is it's that Jesus meets us where we're at. Last week we talked about uh, Judas Iscariot and the foolish decision that he made, and, and he just kept making foolish choices, and even went and hung himself. Um, and that that's some things are un unerasable. You can't go back and rewind it. And the reason we talked about like that last week is is that. Um, you know, there were two agendas. Judas had an agenda for, for the Messiah, and then God had an agenda for the Messiah. And um, we have to surrender to God's plan and God's will. And Judas wasn't able to do that. Well, Simon Peter, what we see, um, I read a passage last week where we talked about you know, Simon Peter. He says, no, Lord, you know, you'll never be killed. This will never happen to you. And, and Jesus looks at Simon Peter and he says, get behind me, Satan, because you don't have the things of God in mind. You have the things of man in mind. What he was showing us is you have two different agendas. And and what we see before Jesus goes to the cross is that Simon Peter makes an effort to change his agenda, um, change to, to God's way. And, and, and sadly, it's just something he tries to do in his own strength. Um, in Luke chapter 22, verses 33 and 34, Simon Peter replied to the Lord, you know, he's beginning to get the picture that Jesus is going to the cross. And he says, he says to Jesus, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. And Jesus says, I answer you, or I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. Now, that, I believe, shows us that Simon Peter, um, he, he was trying to do this in his own strength. But think about this for just a second. If somebody told you that you were going to shoot yourself today, think about it. I know this is kind of gruesome and morbid, but think about it. You're going to shoot yourself. You're going to commit suicide today with a gun. Wouldn't you stay away from a gun all day? Wouldn't you do your absolute best to make sure that there was no gun in sight? Um, I don't know if you ever seen the movie Minority Report. It's kind of a similar similar thing with Tom Cruise, where they say, you know, you're going to murder somebody, and 
And so anyway, I, I don't want to ruin the movie for you. It's really good. Um, but it's one of those things. You would do everything that you possibly could to change it. Yet what we see here is Jesus tells him, no, you will deny me three times before the rooster crows. And, and it just shows us how incredible God is. I mean, even though Simon Peter knew, he's like, no, this won't happen. He said, you need to go and pray because the devil wants to sift you like wheat. You need to go and pray. You need to go and pray. If you were Simon Peter, you would do that, wouldn't you? You would go and pray and say, God, please deliver me from this. I don't want to deny Jesus and I don't want this to happen. Yet, God had determined, Jesus had determined that this was going to happen told Simon Peter ahead of time, and it still happened. That's pretty incredible. God is that powerful that he can accomplish his will whether you want him to or not. That is awesome. It wasn't awesome for Simon Peter because he did do something that he wished he hadn't. And and what we're going to see in in John chapter 21 today, we're going to read most of John chapter 21, um, Simon Peter wished that he had a rewind button. And I think that a lot of us can find ourselves in that place a lot. Often, actually, you know, we, we make foolish decisions and wish we hadn't done what we did. But when we make those decisions, we understand that there is no rewind button. But look what, look what happens here in John chapter 21. Jesus had already uh, risen from the dead. He'd already appeared to his disciples on multiple occasions. And here it says, Afterwards, uh, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. And it says it happened this way. In verse 2, it says, Simon Peter, Thomas, called Didymus, or, or the twin, he obviously had a twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, James and John, uh, and two other disciples, they, they were together. And Simon says, I'm going out to fish. And they said, well, we'll go with you. And they went out and got into the boat, and, and they caught nothing all night. Now, I think this is... Um, I really just I understand this is a Wallerism that I can I can kind of make a leap here. I'm just trying to understand where Simon Peter was coming from. If this was me, I don't think this would have been an innocent. Well, let's go fishing, fishing trip. I think this would have been a. You know what? I've screwed up so badly. I denied Jesus. He told me I was going to. I tried everything I could just to make sure that wasn't going to happen, and it happened anyway. I was afraid for my life. I'm so full of shame. Yes, Jesus is resurrected. Yes, he is Lord, and I'm excited about that, but but there's still that horrible sin that I've committed. I think this was Simon saying, you know what? I'm going to go back. I can't rewind the things that I did, so I'm just going to go back as if I never met Jesus. And maybe I'm you know, being a little bit too dramatic here. Maybe it wasn't like that. Maybe it was an innocent fishing trip. That could have been the case. But what I see here is just Simon Peter just living with regret, going back and fishing. But what we have to see here also is that Jesus meets him where he's at. And I think it's funny. I mean, it really is ironic where he meets him. It's like, let's go back to the beginning. Okay, you want to go back to the beginning? Well, I'm going to replay the same scenario. Remember where Jesus found Simon Peter? He was out fishing, and he hadn't caught anything all night. And Jesus says, okay, well, you know, take me out, and I'll show you how it's done. And so he says to him, uh, is, in verse 4, it says, Early that morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. And he called out to them, Friends, haven't you caught any fish? <laughs> Apparently they weren't any better than they used to be. And they said, No. And he said, Well, throw the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. And when they did... They were unable to haul in the net because of such a large number of fish. And and in verse 7, it says, The disciple whom Jesus loved, who we know is John, said to Peter, It is the Lord. And as soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped himself in his outer garment, and he, and he, and he jumped into the water. He threw himself into the water. 
And the other disciples followed the boat, followed them in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they're not far off from the shore, about a hundred yards. And when they had landed, they saw a fire of burning coals with fish on it and some bread. So Jesus apparently already made them breakfast. You didn't need all that fish, but I made you breakfast. So anyway, um, what I want to point out about this passage scripture is that uh, the common interpretation of this is that you know Simon Peter was so excited when he found out it was Jesus that he jumped in the water. He just couldn't wait. I heard another interpretation that maybe he was hoping that he could walk on water, but if not, he'd swim. And I, I like those interpretations, but for some reason, just knowing everything that has happened, it just doesn't set well with me. Um, what I kind of see happening here is the reason why Simon Peter jumped in the water, I believe, is not necessarily because he was so excited, but because he was still full of shame. Yes, Jesus had been resurrected, and, and, and I think he was trying to hide himself, much like Adam and Eve after they had committed sin um, in, in the Garden of Eden, that they covered themselves with fig leaves and they hid from the Lord. I think that's what was going on here. I, and I could be wrong, and you know what? It doesn't necessarily matter. I just think that if that's true, that it's just it's a little bit, it says a little bit more as to where Christ meets us whenever we have sinned against him when we said we were going to follow him to prison or death or he doesn't matter where you go i'm always going to follow you and we don't i I think jesus meets us where we're at simon peter i think he jumped in the water because he was ashamed he wanted to hide from jesus and he goes up to the to the to the shoreline and jesus said to them bring some of the fish that you've caught and it's simon peter that volunteers to go get it like, I know there's going to be an awkward conversation that I'm going to have to have with Jesus here, and I just don't want to have it. But he dragged the net. He says, uh, Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore, and it was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many of them, the net was not torn, which was a miracle in and of itself. I've also heard that there's 153 different species of fish. If that's kind of if that's true, I don't know if that's true, but if that's true, that's kind of interesting. Jesus said to them, um, come and have breakfast, and none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. And Jesus uh, came and took the bread and gave it to them, and he did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. So um, what I can kind of foresee here is that Simon Peter knew that there was going to be an awkward conversation. He'd heard Jesus say on multiple occasions, you know, if you deny me in front of my father, if you deny me in front of the men, that my father would deny you um, when, when the time comes. And I, I, kind of, I kind of see that. Simon Peter was expecting that. Like, here I had denied Christ three times. And I I, I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. I know it's going to be an awkward conversation. So I just kind of, I want to live in the moment like like all that stuff never happened. I wish I could just go back and rewind it. But I kind of feel like Jesus is going to tell me that because of what I've done, I can't follow him anymore. But if you know scripture and you know this story, you know that just the opposite happened. In verse 15, it says, When they had finished eating, Jesus Jesus said to Simon Peter, Here comes that conversation, Peter. Simon, not Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Now that had to sting. (laughs) That right there, that had to sting because that's all Peter was talking about all the time. You know, I love you more than these people. They're they're going to turn away from you, but even if they do, I'll never turn away. And here Jesus says, Do you truly love me more than these? Whew, that had to be. That had to be painful. But he says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, well, feed my lambs. And again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? 
And he answered, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, Take care of my sheep. And a third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Let's forget about everybody else for just a second. Let's forget about what they, their relationship is with me, and, and let's just talk about just you and me for just a minute. Do you love me? The third time, it says, because he asked him the third time, he was hurt. Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things, and you know that I love you. Now, you, I don't want to interject my own thoughts into Scripture here because I could be wrong. But what I kind of see here is that Simon Peter is saying, you, you know all things. In other words, you know what I did. You know what I did. And you know I can't take it back. And you know I wish I could. You know I wish there was a rewind button, but you know what I did. But you also know that I love you. I don't have any faith in Simon Peter and, and the condition of the sinful heart. I just don't. I believe that Simon Peter, he was trying to hide from Jesus. I believe that you know he was hurt. And I believe that Jesus even had to do this three times to restore him and say, listen, you denied me three times, and I'm telling you that as long as you love me three times, that I can make things right, that I can have forgiveness for you, and I can lead you to being the rock. I believe that you know Jesus was telling Simon Peter this because he was trying to restore him. But he says, you know I, you know all things, and you know that I love you. I think the condition of the sinful heart is, is, you know, we say, you know, I love Jesus and I love God, but honestly, I just don't love him as much as I love myself. And I think that was evident in Simon Peter. He says, you know, people say, uh, do, do you, are you a follower of Jesus? Who, 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 who's following you? I, I don't know the man. I don't know the man. I don't know the man. I don't love him as much as I love me. And that's true. I think that's true for all of us. We don't love Jesus more, as much as we love ourselves. Our flesh loves our flesh. Our flesh wants to fill up on the flesh. It wants to, it wants to, to, to consume everything that it can. It wants to, to sleep with as many women as it can or as many men. It wants to have as much money and as, eat as much food and, and drink as much wine and, and, and do as much drugs and, and just get as much stuff as it possibly can because that's what our flesh wants. But Jesus meets us where we're at. He met Simon Peter where Simon Peter was at. And he said, do you love me? And he says, okay. If you love me, feed my sheep. Um, in, in the 90s, I believe it was 99, um, some teenage boys got guns and they went into Columbine High School and they shot up a bunch of students, um, killed a bunch of students. And there was a young girl in particular, whose name was Cassie, who was asked by one of the gunmen, do you believe in God? And she said, yes. And he shot her in the head and killed her. And that's one of those stories that was highly circulated. It became famous almost overnight. Um, and at Youth Evangelism Conference, they talk about it. And, and in our youth program, we talk about it a lot. And that question was presented to us. Would you say yes? If you had a gun to your head, would you say yes if somebody asked you if you believed in God, knowing that it was going to cost you your life? And uh, I grew up in church. I'm a preacher's son. And so I, I guess I always felt, yeah, yeah, sure, I could do that. Yeah, 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 I'd do it. Absolutely. Um, but God began to show me that you know, that's exactly what Simon Peter said. I'll follow you anywhere to prison or even death. 
and God began to show me all, you know, through studying this that, and through this passage of Scripture that you really cannot die for Christ until you're living for Him. It's one thing to say, you know, I, I believe in God and I believe in Jesus and you know what, I, I'm going to follow Him, but actually following Him means that you must serve Him. That is the culmination of, of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. He says, do you love me? Do you have a relationship with me? He knew the answer to that question. Yeah, you know. You know that I love you. You know that I love you. You know all things. And he says, okay. Then it's time to serve. It's not about all the things that you believe and all the things that you've done. It's about serving me. And Simon Peter, the least qualified to serve Jesus because of what he had done. He had denied Christ three times. Became one of the most prominent leaders in the church. We know that, um, as Jesus goes on to say, that he would be led somewhere that he didn't want to go. He says, um, he says uh, in verse 18, I tell you the truth, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and you went where you wanted, but when you're old, you'll stretch out your hand and someone else will dress you and lead you where you don't want to go. And Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he said to him, follow me. We know that Simon Peter he was crucified upside down because of what he was testifying. Jesus is alive and I cannot deny him. I cannot turn my back on him, not again, because of what Christ has done for me. When um, Jesus called him Peter, he was making a prediction over his life. You're the rock and you're going to be firm in the faith. And Simon here, he says, Simon, do you love me? You know, he was getting a whole, he was meeting Simon where he was. He wasn't the rock yet. But he was telling him the same thing he'd always told him, the same two words from the very beginning and never changed. Wherever you are, Jesus is going to meet you with these two words. Come follow me. Peter followed Christ and he became the man that God wanted him to be. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them, otherwise known as John. Um, and he says, Lord, what about him? And Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? <laughs> and he says, you must follow me. So it's not about what you've done. It's not about where you've been. or uh, It's not about other people, their relationship. It's not a list of rules. It's not uh, a bunch of do's and don'ts to, to be a genuine disciple of Jesus Christ. If you want to be a genuine disciple of Jesus Christ, even though you might have made a lot of foolish choices, things that you wish you could go back and rewind, maybe you denied Christ, maybe you drug his name through the mud like I did. This is what it comes down to. Every single second of your life, Jesus is standing in front of you saying, come follow me. That is what it means to be a genuine disciple. I, I, my prayer is that you study the book of Proverbs. My, my prayer is that you seek God in all of his ways and that, that you would make wise choices, that you wouldn't have to live with regret, that you wouldn't have to feel like you wish you had a time machine that you could go back and rewind and, and, and live making different decisions than the ones that you made. My prayer is that you make wise decisions. But you and I both know that you're going to do things that are foolish because we don't always seek God. But wherever you are, wherever you are, whatever you've done, you need to understand that Jesus meets you where you are. And he will always, always give you 
the same message. No matter how you feel about yourself, He will always have the same message for you. Hey, come follow me. I can't think of a better place to end this series than with these words. Because that is what it means to be a genuine disciple of Jesus Christ. I, I would say that um, through serving him, <clears throat> I've had to follow him. And through serving him, I, I wish and sometimes that I, I could serve him in better ways or in bigger ways. But Jesus is the one that lays out the service in front of me. Simon Peter had that responsibility. I have that responsibility. You, as a follower of Jesus Christ, have that responsibility. You're called to serve him. And again, you will make foolish choices. You will make decisions out of ignorance and wish that you hadn't. But don't let the devil sift you like wheat. Go and pray that God would give you the strength to see and the wisdom to see that Jesus is always standing in front of you. Though you might have a tremendous amount of excuses why you can't follow him, that's what he's saying to you. Come follow me. Don't worry about everybody else. Don't worry about that list of do's and don'ts. Just put your eyes on Christ and follow him. And he will lead you to be a genuine disciple. But it's only through following him. Hey, thanks again for listening. We pray that the Lord blessed you through this message and that he spoke to you and that you have a clear direction for your life. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast so that you never miss another message. And if you have any questions or comments about today's message, please feel free to email us at fbcrungi at gmail.com. Till then, we hope that you share in our vision to help people take root, grow, and bear fruit. And if so, then let's get out there and get to work.